0: Hello everyone. This is Kerwin here, and welcome to the very first episode of our aviation show. The show, I think, is tentatively called um, "Travel This Week" with Kushro and Kerwin. Uh, my name is Kerwin, and um, I'm going to let my friend Kushro, who I've known for eons, introduce himself, and then I'll tell you a little bit about me. So go ahead, Kushro.
1: Um, hello, my name is Kushro. Um, I've always been and uh, aviation, I guess, geek, since as far back as I can remember. And uh, it took me a while, to work at an airline, but I finally started in 1999 at Continental in Houston. And uh, I retired in uh, 2012 as part of the merger with uh, United Airlines. But I still keep
0: up with aviation on a very regular basis. So it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. All right, cool. Now, now Kushra doesn't um, give himself much justice. Uh, Kushra is a genius. He knows a lot about aviation industry. Um, his background is finance. So um, he did revenue management, and I did revenue management back in the day. But um, but Kushra has a wealth of knowledge. So uh, my name is Kerwin. I started in aviation industry in 19... 19- so 94 when I started working for Delta, um, in in uh, Washington D.C. At, uh, D- at DCA, then I went to ATA and then I went to Continental, which is where I met show. Sure. And um, we actually we fly quite a bit um, and we go almost everywhere. It's great when you have an airline uh, person who who loves the stuff that you do and in an airline industry because we get paid crap. Um, the flight benefits are the best part of it, so we we tend to go a lot of places and share a lot of that. So our goal of this show is there's a lot of stuff in the headlines, a lot, a lot of stuff, and it's being. We've been trying to get this show up for a little while, and finally I got Chris here to sit down and uh, and uh, and talk about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at stuff that's in the headlines each week, or probably every other day, depending. I don't know what the frequency is going to be, but we'll we will at least have one show for you every week and uh we're going to look at the headlines and we're going to give you what we think um the stories are because sometimes you see the stuff in the headlines and you don't even understand what the heck they're talking about and a lot of people don't even know what they're talking about but we are travel experts and we we know the industry and uh we're going to try to to um put everything straight so it's crazy times right now as everyone know um the coronavirus has basically um, decimated the airline industry um, a lot of airline, people just aren't traveling anywhere because of the coronavirus and we haven't figured out how to counteract it yet so um, I asked Kusho to come up with some headlines and I'm looking through here and um, what we're going to talk about first is a few airlines are on the verge of collapse and Kushar, why don't you why don't you go ahead and, t- and talk about that for a little bit
1: so we've been re- hearing about all these headlines about how um, the coronavirus pandemic is affecting airline traffic, which should be no surprise. But there are a whole range of airlines, smaller airlines mostly, that don't have the liquidity or the government resources to pull through. And um, uh, I was surprised to hear that Virgin Atlantic and now Virgin Australia as well yeah. Um, in addition to South African, which is not a great surprise. And today I heard about uh, Mauritius and even Cabo Verde. I think that's the way you pronounce it. Yeah. Again, very niche carriers, but still, um, they serve a unique function. And uh, it's all a case of traffic patterns dying and uh, being reliant on a single source of traffic. For instance, for Mauritius and Cabo Verde, Travel, uh, leisure travel, more specifically. Yeah. Uh, South Africa, I think, has to do with uh, government mismanagement, much like Air India. Hmm. But Air India is not in the same predicament. Um, and Virgin is, uh, I guess, being a little too small to have the resources to get uh, 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 government uh, backing.
0: Ah, uh, so um, the the thing with Virgin, I I think I saw something that said um, Sir Richard Branson is like uh, wants a mortgage is an island, to to pay for the airline. Like, how much is yeah. this island worth? And what would they do with it once uh, they got there? Yeah, but you know, I've always wanted to go to Necker Island, so I could I could probably understand that. <laughs>
1: I doubt they would let the two airlines collapse because they provide much needed competition to BA and Qantas. Yeah. But um, who knows really? Because Virgin Australia at least has always had problems reaching profitability on an annual basis. Right.
0: Now I did see something uh, when, there was, I'm sorry, when they were talking about Virgin Australia that they were probably going to come back, but as a smaller airline. Um, yeah. And that's what everyone says. Yeah. Well, one thing I've always thought about the airline industry is um, the CEOs are very egotistic. And it's always like, I am the number one airline in this. I'm the biggest airline in this. And sometimes when they do routes, I'm like, why do you need to go to another place? Um, I know they do numbers and things like that, but sometimes it just seems that they've stretched themselves too thin. And that's pretty obvious now. That's why, uh, you know, a few of them are, are shuttering their doors. What do you think about that?
1: Um I don't have access to profitability by geography for Virgin Australia at least yeah. um but I would say their overseas portfolio is not that large they have Los Angeles in the US and of course all of Southeast Asia and North Asia mhm um so I'm really not sure uh what the deal is with uh, VX, as it's uh, referred Mexico. to. but yeah. um, And one of the reasons, I think one of the big problems they have is that they're not Australian-owned. So uh. the government of Australia has refused to give them any sort of uh, loan guarantee or anything like that. So I think that's a major portion. And I think Branson in Britain has his hands full with his own Virgin Atlantic.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm sure the two will come back somehow. And I'm, I'm actually surprised that Delta has not stepped in to help out Virgin Atlantic, but I think they've got their own issues as well. Yeah. And as part of the CARES Act, I don't know if the government will look too favorably on, um, Virgin spending, um, the money to uh, resurrect Virgin on Atla- uh, Delta side spending. Yeah cash
0: to resurrect Virgin Atlantic, a foreign carrier. Yeah, w- which makes sense because Delta and uh, Virgin and KLM near France, they have this transatlantic partnership. But each of them
1: is in a worse situation than the other. Yeah. So, um, but um, I would be very, very surprised if uh, Virgin Atlantic
0: disappeared. But um, I would never be- ever we'd be in this situation. I know that's very true. All right. So clearly, this is going to continue. And uh, hopefully by the next few shows, we will definitely be able to get um, some clarity on what's going to happen with, um, with these airlines. Um, so the next thing that we're going to talk about is um, 737 cancellations. What have you seen in those? Actually, recently I've seen a lot and this is proving to be an
1: ideal case of airlines that don't need it, um, canceling their orders. So I don't know how, many, how much of their deposits they're going to lose, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, um, it would be cheaper for them to cancel at this stage and lose the deposit if they have put one in anyway. Exactly. But yeah, I think the Chinese, uh, carriers, or Chinese lessors. And I, th- I believe an Irish one. Yeah. As well have, uh, cancelled like maybe a total of maybe less than a hundred, seven, three, seven maxes. Um, again, I don't know where this is going or if this is just a means to extract more, uh, discounts from Boeing. Yeah. Which is always a possibility because Boeing is floundering right now. Yeah. Um, But uh, the price of oil is also undercutting the need for a 737 MAX, which is more
0: efficient, fuel efficient. Exactly. But things can change on a dime, as they say. That's true. And also, there's a lot of planes that are parked, right? There's a lot of 737s that are parked. That's right. Yeah. Um, So um,
1: it's going to be a huge logistical nightmare to get those aircraft out of their – parking locations and bring them back to Boeing for updating or whatever, and then deliver them in
0: a yeah. uh, sequence, in a particular sequence to all the individual airlines. Well, it's crazy. And as we talked about parked airplanes, um, I read an article, it might have been on Bloomberg, about um, all the things that they have to do to the planes while yes. they're parked. Um, yes, that, that was a very interesting article. I know right, and it gave you a really good insight into what's going on because I think the general public doesn't really understand that. they just get on the plane and get going, and they're mad whenever something is broken but um one I think one one of the um the engine checks that they have to do they have to start the engines a few days every
1: few days yeah
0: that's crazy but they have
1: to cover up everything to prevent birds from nesting, which I thought was interesting, uh-huh. And then also, I don't know how they do this, is they have to rotate the tires every few days, or is, I think it was days, for the heavier, the 380s, yeah. 7,
0: 4, the Um uh, which I thought was interesting. I know, I didn't understand that they had to do that either, so that was uh, actually quite good. And um, now, I guess that's good, right, because it means that it keeps the mechanics uh, working. But then, if they're storing the planes in, say, Victorville, does this mean all the mechanics have to go hang out in Victorville, or do they fly there every other day or something?
1: I don't think they can move a lot of those planes, because they're all behind a whole series of other jets.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, like, the, um, so, I mean, where are the workers staying? <laughs> Just the logistics behind. But um, well, if Victorville or Mojave,
1: or any other storage location, if they have their own staff who will cater to the airlines.
0: Yes. Because I I believe they have to be fully fueled as well. Wow, which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But how long can the fuel stay in the tanks without being used, right? Isn't there a thing on that? But they have to restart
1: the engines every so often. So, Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, what else? And I think they have to run um, the in all the systems of the aircraft every so often as well. Yeah. Keep things running and all that. So it's not just a simple um, thing of just closing up the engines and other orifices on the aircraft and just forgetting about them. I didn't realize there was so much
0: work involved to keep those aircraft in flying condition. And and of course, that's going to cost the airlines money as well, right? Yes. Whoa. So So, as we talk about – I was also surprised to hear that the
1: price of storing an aircraft is not that expensive. I believe it was less than $1,000 a month for, I think, one of the California locations. Yeah. I thought it would be by weight of the
0: aircraft, like landing fees.
1: Ah, But um,
0: that was not the case. Yeah. And well, but you know, when, when you've got like 300 planes out there, you know, <laughs> it adds yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. It, it adds up exactly. No, here in Houston, I haven't ventured out to the airports here at all. Um, but I'm pretty sure they have some stored at Hobby because I know that they had the United had their 737 Maxes. Um, they were stored at of Hobby at one point. Um, I don't know if they're still there. Um, and I'm sure they've. Seen I know they have them at IAH though. So. Yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures. A lot of the seven Yeah. Yeah. I've seen pictures online of uh, airplanes being stored. It's it's kind of sad to see it. Um, I guess because we're airline geeks. But uh, well, speaking of storage, a unique view. It is a unique view. Um, BA talked about they had some issues with the 380 in uh in that French airport, right? I don't know if it was
1: the BA, it was a BA issue or if it was even a non, non non-event, but they had the pavement cracking. Yes. (laughs) The runway pavement. Of course it was not the, where the wheels go, but it was towards the lights of the runway and the taxiways. Uh, Yeah. But they've got all these 380s parked side by side on an airport tarmac that was perhaps not designed for the weight of those aircraft because this is a World War II right uh, exactly. location
0: i believe it's called chateau roux or something like that
1: but how would they have
0: or crx i forget i think i think it's crx but how would they have gone and chosen that airport i mean i'm guessing they use it because of its capacity but i would think that the it capacity would have done... they have
1: a long runway
0: yeah um and they
1: use it to familiarize uh crew ba crew with a new aircraft type apparently they've been using it for a while oh okay so maybe they. And then just earlier this week, I saw that Swiss was also storing their 777s there. In I the think, same location. I yeah. Yeah. One so of the things that They have, must all- have cheap rent. Yeah, yeah. And it's an enormous airport for a tiny little town. <laughs> no.
0: So I guess it meets all the criteria. So you know where we have to go and we can fly again, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? But it would be nice to see now, though. It really all the yeah. See, and that's the thing, right, is that there's so much cool stuff going on, but we can't go anywhere to see it. Um, so you have to rely on these articles that show up. Because one of the things I've always wanted to do is to head to Europe and go to some of these fields that are in Europe, uh, some of these airfields where they store these airplanes. But um, I've just never had a chance or the time to do it. So maybe that's something I can do once flying is good again. But um, I'm sure a lot of them would be deserted though. Um, under yeah, the but, normal circumstances. Yeah, but there are, well, there are some places though that they actually store the planes, just like how we have. Bay yeah, Air there's Air one
1: location in England.
0: The, yeah. Where, where BA stores, I think, some of their planes as well,
1: yeah. besides yeah. Cardiff.
0: But, exactly. Now, Cardiff is interesting. Um, I actually flew into Cardiff. One of, my, one of my earlier flights across the Atlantic was in Virgin. And um, we Heathrow had Heathrow had bad weather, and we circled too long, and we actually had to landing in Cardiff refuel, and then flew to, uh, flew to Heathrow, which is kind of exciting.
1: <laughs> um, no, but I'm sorry, this is um, accelerating the require the retirement of the 744s. four um, fours, yeah. because if news reports are to be believed, um, KLM had their last, uh, I believe it was Mexico City Amsterdam. Yeah, and Qantas from Santiago to Sydney. Oh, I hope that's not the case, but just like Air France is considering retiring their
0: 380s, yeah, this may be the end of uh, most 744 service. It'll be crazy, isn't it? Um I did actually fly the KLM 747 Combi when it used to come here to Houston just before they stopped, because now they use uh they use a 787-9. Um, What they use, Which I've been trying to get on it, but the fares are quite expensive. Speaking of airfares, by the way, so um, somebody wrote something online, and they were talking about um, airfares and how. uh, Do you think the airfares are gonna go crazy once flying starts, or do you think they'll have like a lot of deals and stuff to stimulate demand? What's your take on that?
1: I don't know. I think the combination.
0: I. Honestly, I don't know, but it, there
1: could be also a lot of pent up demand. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they'll just have to wait to see once they reopen slowly. Because I think until May and June are over, most airlines are operating on maybe 10%, if that, of their
0: regular capacity. But, right. um, I mean, a lot could change. That's true. I mean, so, it's crazy. I looked at Los Angeles to London. There's only one flight. It's a BA flight, and I assume all yeah. the Mosey cargo is on it. Um, New York City. Because to- I get some mailings from
1: cruise companies, mm-hmm. and uh, for September and October, yeah, and their rates are not distressed sales. They're fairly high. Right. So just based on the cruise companies, I would say that I don't believe airfares are going to substantially. I don't think
0: so. It's a fuel. Yeah. So, I guess we, I guess we have to wait and see. Um, the other thing too that I think we wanted to talk about. So let's talk a little bit about travel in the uh, or the new normal for travel, right? So um, I know Emirates is requiring blood tests now. Uh, for the the flights that they have which and i believe they're getting boxed meals which is unheard of for them i know right for emirates at least um i saw somebody else it might have been delta that said they had boxed meals um there was somebody else i i might be incorrect there but um there's somebody else that said they had they had boxed meals so um and, I know and the cabin crew are wearing um, full masks and um, those PPEs, gowns. Yeah. I actually minimize their exposure. Which makes sense, right? I actually think yeah. that um, Emirates is doing a really good job based on what I've seen from their videos and uh, how they're communicating it. I have actually spoken to anyone who's flown them during this time because um, they're doing... Uh, a lot of repatriation flights. Yes, and no transfer passengers. It's all
1: point-to-point
0: passengers, which is yeah. weird. Uh, but, yes, uh, that is weird. Um, well, I, I, saw, so I was talking to a friend of mine today, and she said, so um, she's in Vietnam, and she's trying to get back to the U.S., um, and she saw there are some flights that she could take, but they're connecting through places where you can't connect. So there is a disconnect between the the online systems that are pricing the fares and what's actually happening on the ground. Um, I think one yes. of the places yeah. you have was Tokyo. If you're trying to connect it through Tokyo, you can't connect with Tokyo. Um, okay, I know Hong Kong and Singapore are big connect points yeah. and they are shut exactly. to connecting traffic. So one of the things that I want people to be aware of is that you need to be careful when you're buying these fares and, um, you really got to check the restrictions and make sure that you can get to your final destination. Um, and I think it's kind of irresponsible for these online agencies to be doing that and not figuring out, um, you know, what the local restrictions are.
1: Yeah. And I think people need to be aware of the bio beware, um, thing that not to possibly buy any Affairs right now until the situation clarifies. Now, whatever that means, who knows how long this will take? Because you probably will not get a refund. You may get a credit. um but again, that is carrier specific because I know I've heard of a lot of stories where people are very irritated, Mm -hmm. uh, that they do not offer, airlines do not offer refunds.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I had a, um, my sister had a trip at the end of March. Um, and we had, we had bought the tickets uh, on on Southwest, and they wouldn't give they wouldn 't offer the refund up front. Um, we actually, I, actually, I actually had to call and say, "Well, the flight 's canceled, so um, can I get a refund?" And when, I, when, I, when they did the refund, it actually went to a voucher, and then the guy had to physically request the refund, and I got the refund, which was fine. Um, but it was an extra step that I had to do to ask for it. Yeah,
1: but Southwest is also an, not a typical. They're much more flexible
0: with their, uh, refunds and changes and all that. Yeah.
1: Thing, compared they other
0: US airlines. That's true. And, um, even, even Europe, I mean, I've had, um, Joe, when this, when this was going on, um, uh, Ryanair and EasyJet was really giving people a hard time about getting, um, Getting refunds. Eventually, they did, but they had to jump to hoops just to get their just to get their refunds, which which is ridiculous.
1: Mm. And I don't know how
0: long this empty
1: middle empty seat trend will continue. So I don't think airlines
0: can afford to leave those empty, at least not in the long term. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. I saw that and I go, well, one of the things that someone was saying didn't make sense was so the middle seat is empty, but then. The 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 row in front of you is also not is is taken, but that's not six feet apart. That person is right on top of you, and you know from flying as soon as somebody sneezes sneezes behind you, which they do all the time, or there somebody coughs behind you, um, people are just going to go ballistic. You know, so yeah. the so the question is, do you have every other row? <laughs> I think the airlines would be fortunate if they could do every other road this, <laughs> at this time. Yeah, I know. And at least I know. Until May, May or June, perhaps. Yeah, well, there's nobody yeah. on the planes anyway, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at some point we're going to have to get back on the plane. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, I don't even know what I'm going to do, um, when, once I get back in a plane. I know um, in Canada, uh, effective April 20th, um, the Transport Canada, you have to wear a mask uh, throughout the entire transaction from the time you enter the airport to the time you leave. And I that, think that's fairly
1: common all over the world, at least in Asia, Yeah, I, I believe. In fact, you won't be allowed to board
0: Which uh, if you do not have a mask, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so travel is definitely... Yeah. And I've been thinking about, you know, like, the entire process, I'm going to write something about the entire process. And one thing I'm looking at is um, a lot of countries have travel restrictions and I kind of want to do a timeline to give people an idea of what the current travel restrictions are. And I'll probably give them an idea of how, um, when they're flying, what to look for, because people aren't thinking about restrictions. They see a cheap fare, they buy it, and they realize, oh, I can't go to this country because you know what? You can't even get a visa to go to a lot of these countries.
1: What I'm also curious about is whether premium-heavy carriers like Cathay or Emirates or any of the Middle East carriers will be able to fill their front cabins because people have realized that you can survive mostly uh, with Zoom meetings and whatever, online uh, conferences. And will there be a need or a demand for all those 380s 80s and 748s? it be interesting yeah. to see what happens
0: yeah that's yeah. um that would be, be very interesting indeed. and the other thing too is so I've been on a lot of planes as you know, and some of them are dirty and uh it's it's sad to say, but this is becoming a trend um and i am I guess the good thing that's coming out of this is that they're actually cleaning the planes um I've always had to bring like a little napkin or something and clean the window because the last person's Put their head on it, and they're, they're grease from the hair or something is still on the window. So um, it's actually a good thing that they've been required to clean the planes, clean the planes better. Like never before, actually. I think after every flight, they're cleaning them yeah, thoroughly. Now, now, when I first started, I so, used to clean airplanes, and um, we would clean them thoroughly at night, whenever they overnight, and we would literally clean everything. Um, you know, you, you, you'd do the carpets, uh, the toilets would be cleaned. But in between flights, all we would do is we would just do a, if, if they're like, <laughs> the thing was like uh, parents with Froot Loops, I just hated Froot Loops because they would throw them on the floor and then you had to vacuum them up and all that kind of stuff during the, during, um, during the clean. And, and chewing gum. And chewing gum. Aggravation. Yeah. yeah. um So. It was always a lot of work to clean those planes in between, in between flights. But the tallness you'd always have to clean, uh, between every flight. You'd, you'd dump it and then you'd, you'd make sure you clean all the surfaces inside. Um, but like cheer turbos and stuff, they were never wiped down. You'd look at them and if they look fine, then you'd be fine and you move on. And I think that's what's been happening. So, um, I'm so glad that they have to clean the planes now. And the airline's going to have to figure out, okay, so your turn is not going to be a 15 minute turn anymore. Probably going to be half an hour. Now they're gonna. To to- I don't think. Go ahead. No, no, you go, Fisher.
1: I don't think 99% of travelers realize how much work goes into one flight. Just one flight. No,
0: they don't.
1: The am- the amazing amount of things that have to come together at the right time. Yeah. For one flight to operate. I don't think people have a clue. And they probably don't need to, but uh, before people start blindly, blindly criticizing the airlines for everything, I mean, they should realize what goes into the operation of a flight.
0: Yeah. But that's and just I, my own opinion. No, you're you're very correct. And I've been trying to tell people that because I see people complain a lot online. And I was like, you're always taking it for the airlines. I'm like, Well, one, I used to work for the airlines, and I understand, and I work for different airlines, and I've flown 180 airlines, so I understand how it all how it all works. um, But people don't they don't appreciate it. I mean, think about it. You've flown across the Atlantic Ocean, you're a minute late, and people are complaining. I'm like, really? Did you understand what just happened? But you know, we've taken. No, I think airlines are responding
1: quite creatively, like Air Canada, for instance. They've, I think, three or four of their 777s. Mm -hmm. They've taken out all the seats and they are using them for full freighter.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, That's good.
1: But, um, I think yesterday or today I saw a picture of a BA 777 Uh from China to London. Uh huh. Seats were all there, but each seat was, uh, uh, had one of these boxes of PPEs. Uh, uh, and
0: each of them was tied down. A very interesting picture.
1: I guess yeah. so none of them moved.
0: Ah, well, so I'm going to see if I can find that picture and maybe pipe it in here. I have seen one of those, and one of the things that um, the article was talking about is that some airlines were not, well, they, don't, they didn't know how to do it, so they're trying to teach them how to bring cargo in the passenger area. Um, because you do have to tie it down, you do have to make sure the weight and balance is there. So a lot of that stuff uh, goes in. And the
1: size, because you can only get it through the passenger door,
0: like right. on a seven four freighter
1: yeah. or any other freighter aircraft. Yeah. So
0: mm. yeah, <laughs> it, it is kind of sad that Caleb is retiring the seven four seven companies now, right? Because we need them right now. <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: oh my like, god. Um but one more thing I'm upset about is the 777X9, which I think is an absolutely amazing aircraft, but it just seems to be cursed with having the baddest, the worst luck of entering service or at the wrong time, because yeah. I was reading that Cathay is thinking of uh, relinquishing their orders in favor of the 78710. Oh wow. and then I was hearing Lufthansa, uh, was also considering delaying their delivery. Yeah. So I don't know if carriers like Emirates, which I think have, they have a third of all the orders, all the people that are next, will take them.
0: Well, they probably, probably will because if they're retiring in A3, the A380s, then they will, they will need something for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, but with
1: the price of fuel being so low, is it really that much more expensive to operate a 380 than a 777? I guess for engine maintenance, yes. Well, and other yeah. issues,
0: crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, speaking of price of fuel, um, I think by the time we start flying again, don't you think the price of fuel will go back up? Probably. But it might take a while for demand to yeah, justify in there.
1: being much, much
0: higher. Yeah, so um, I, I I just talk about demand. The thing that really gets me these days, you don't you don't see airplanes flying over anymore. <laughs> all the frequencies much much less. I know it's crazy. I so, mean, I used to see the um the uh the air 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 France A380 head into Mexico City like every day would pass right over here. Nope, not anymore. That's <laughs> it's kind of a sad thing. Um. Oh, so we had um. We were talking about other airlines and airlines closing, but German Wings is 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 gonna go, right? Well, that's what
1: Lufthansa says. Yeah, because I I still don't get why they have German Wings, why they have Euro, Euro Wings, um, yes. and there's a third one, the the regional, uh, the it- carrier that flies the
0: CRJs. Yes, I know which one you're talking about. Blue tail, the blue and yellow tails. Uh, yes. Well, I can't remember the name of it now? I'm sorry, I can't remember the name it of it. It's come to me. Yeah, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and um, I have actually flown Germanwings and flown Euro. Euro. Um, Euro is it Eurowings? But I didn't know why. I don't know why they had both of them because when Air Berlin went out of business, basically, um, Eurowings took over. Uh, their routing, their routes. And did yeah. you know that did you know Air Berlin flew to Fort Myers? I think they did know that. Yes, they did fly to Florida. Yes, besides really? Miami. Yeah, really? Um, I, I I guess it's a large German population in Fort Myers. I never understood why they did that. Or oh, leisure, yeah, beaches. Well, I guess the is down there. That's true. But yeah, but that's a, um that's a big one. So I thought that um they were just going to get rid of eurowings at that point i didn't see the need for it um but i guess now now they realize it's no it's not necessary right yeah i was also
1: reading that eurowings now might get rid of the 340s oh so uh because i thought those were cheap planes to fly since they were fully amortized and paid for and everything but um
0: uh, i guess not but then so. if, they, if they get rid of those, they can't do Fort Myers anymore, or Miami. Or they could they,
1: do it with the 330s.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I guess they still have those in there. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think there's a big difference
1: in capacity between a, a 332 or, or a 333 and a 340.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Um, I think when I so. flew them, I, I flew them, I think I did Dusseldorf, Miami, I think it was. And it was on the 330. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because yeah. I got, I got to board from the rear, from the rear step. So it's interesting boarding at 330 from us for the rear step. <laughs> um, yeah. all right. So let's talk about what well, we were talking about transiting. And I noticed that, um, Narita had a one to two day quarantine when you arrived in. Ba- in. Yes. I, I find it hard to believe that they could accommodate
1: all those passengers in the baggage claim area, as they supposedly stated. You have to pay for your upkeep for the one or two days, but they gave you, I believe, like a sleeping area with a bag, sleeping bag, and they gave you snacks and drinks until you got the results of your, I forget if it was a blood test or one of those swab tests.
0: Ah, okay.
1: How could you possibly accommodate all those... Incoming passengers in the baggage claim of Narita. Even though pl- flights are not that full.
0: Yeah. But still. Well I guess you know there's I'm sure only... the Japanese have figured it out. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's you figure it's one to two days, so there's probably always always somebody in there. And I've, I mean you and I have been in the baggage claim in Narita. Um, I, I assume see. that they're not using all the terminals, they're probably just using one or two terminals now. Well, maybe just yeah, one. I terminal. don't know. Yeah. Terminal, yeah
1: no. since that's a huge see. logistics challenge, though, for let's say for uh, Japan Airlines to move into one because they've got all their counters
0: there. there,. Yeah, they do. Whatever. So I don't know what they've yeah. done. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh. Um, see, that's the thing. Right? You need, you need a, a man on the ground or, or a person on the ground to go figure out what's going on uh, in, in, these, in these airports. Um, maybe maybe we can see so. if we can if we can maybe get somebody on from a, from the airport and uh, ask them what's going on. Um, so. Let's see what we have. So we talk about the freighter. Oh, let's talk about losses. Um, United and Delta uh, posted what's it Q one. I
1: I have the numbers here. Okay. I am actually quite amazed because the reporting was a little bit different. Uh Because United also wrote down some of their investments, amounting to about a billion US dollars. Okay. So if you compare the loss for the first quarter, this is, I think, non-gap for the first quarter of 2020. For United, it was about 1 billion, but for Delta, it was only 400 million-ish. There's a substantial difference. So Delta clearly seems to be firing on all cylinders.
0: So to speak, even Uh at this time. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what American does, how American does. But, uh, no, I saw that Delta um, said they had what, $6 billion? I didn't see the amount for United. I think it was 2.1. Delta was
1: 600 million loss. Yeah. And the weird part was that the traffic of the first quarter was down for both carriers about 17 to 18 percent. Yeah so hmm. um i mean clearly the operational deficiencies are much much greater at delta
0: yeah yeah they're definitely they're definitely quite but, different um that's yeah. interesting that's, that's interesting in, indeed well yeah well we can look forward to american and see what they're going to come up with right yep oh my yeah. goodness all right i'm trying to look up my list to see what we had I think we just about covered everything, right?
1: Yeah, I think that we wanted to talk about for the first uh, meeting.
0: Yeah. Or discussion, yeah, if you will. I think that's so, what we're,
1: uh, yeah. Actually uh, uh, another one that I just read about uh, was Boeing. Okay. Having planning to halve their productions of triple of seven which is their Probably only cash cow right now. Yeah, wow. Uh, I don't think they specified when they were going to start because it would be a while before they can really halve production. Yeah. Um, Like that on a plant. But that's going to be a huge hit as well.
0: Because those, those are the and ones that are made in the, in South Carolina? South Carolina.
1: And even in Seattle, I believe. Yeah. The eights are made at... Yes, that's true. They're in um, Seattle. I think. I think the 9s and 10s are in South Carolina. Yeah. And I hope they're working on their software batch for the MAX in this (laughs) scenario,
0: behind the scenes, so that it's ready to go. I hope so, too. Well, the interesting thing about all this is that so, um, things that were critical, nobody cares anymore. I mean, the MAX is in the news, like, almost every day, in aviation news anyway. And now, Every now and again, you see something and nobody cares. Actually, it's come at a, a good and a bad time for Boeing, I think. Yeah. Because the
1: airlines are no longer clamoring. They don't want the, the capacity. Um, but I think overall, it has hurt Boeing. That's, yeah. Uh, in a huge manner. Like, I just hope they have used this opportunity to...
0: um Fix the issues, even though it's so easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, these companies are really large. And, uh, I mean, having, well, having both of us worked in corporate, we know that these decisions that they make um, goes to so many different levels just to, just to do it. And it's all the matter of, you know, I don't want to get blamed for it. You don't want to get blamed for it. Um, and so everybody dots their eyes and, um, and cross all their T's before anything gets out the door. Um, you know, Bari's kind of leak or something like that. uh, Yeah, but
1: it's no secret that the Max was rushed through production. Boeing really didn't want to do it. Ebas forced their hand. Yeah. So there was also, I was very curious to read that Ebas is trying to reduce their production. And I thought they would be accelerating or at least maintaining their current production rates. But the airlines just don't
0: want the planes right now. Well, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, because there's you know, no one's flying. And even when people start flying, it's going to take a little while before you get full yep. planes. You know, you probably have full planes to, you know, select destinations where a lot's going on. But even I'm looking at the conference calendars and I don't think that there's going to be much conferences for the, um, for 2020. For the 2020. Yeah, yeah, for the rest of the year. So people people are very optimistic, but I just don't see it. Um, because I see this rolling because every country has whatever is, you know, the coronavirus stuff in different stages. So I see it being a little while before everything is, um, all ironed out.
1: I think I read most airlines expect 2022 for, uh, yeah. for, um, even though SARS, what was when? 2000. No. Yeah, 2000, early 2000s.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't think it was as infectious no, as it was the, this coronavirus. But it took, I think, less than a year for yeah. traffic to really build back up. But with this, this is a much deadlier and uh, um, uh, um, is is this what I'm looking for. Contagious. Yes, <laughs> which with a yeah. lot of. Scary side effects. Which is true. And scary effects, actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Than SARS ever was. And they managed to contain Ebola, which was deadlier than this. Than this. But it was in a part of Africa that was not very well connected with the rest of the world. So I think that helped a great deal. Yeah, absolutely. That makes, that makes sense. But there was also that Middle East, MERS, I think they called it. Again, that was mostly located in uh, um, the Middle East and, I believe, parts of Asia, I think. Yeah.
0: So So, it's interesting because our our industry um, is so, you know, fickle. I mean, it's so easy for something to come in and just basically uh, wipe out the industry for a while and then we have to start all over. Um, But those are the kind of things that Kusher and I are going to be talking about um, as we go along. Uh, we don't want to keep the shows too long, um, so uh, we're gonna pause for now. But we would like you guys to tune in the next time. You know, give us some feedback. Tell us how the show went. Um, tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Let us know what you'd like to um, hear again from uh, from the from the, the two of us, or what we'd like to talk about. And uh, and if you actually want to be on the show and talk aviation with us, um, let us know. Um, i don't even have any contact information, but for the meantime, you can send me a note at feedback at pastrider and um once you send that note there again that's feedback at passrider um we will see if we can get you on and uh on the show and any last words for show mm, last words <laughs> uh, i do guess don't know. I guess final words for today, Chef.
1: Well, I hope things get back to normal, as most everybody is wishing. But this has actually been a time when you realize that all those things you thought you couldn't live without, well, guess what? You've had to live without them, and you've probably survived just fine. I think we're extremely fortunate that we have places where we can um, self-isolate yeah. compared to a lot of other countries um so i mean this has been a very unique experience and i hope we learn from this i really really hope we learn from this but i doubt we
0: as a civilization are that smart <laughs> uh, It's yeah. well, but we'll find out exactly sooner or later all right folks well thank you so much we appreciate it and we'll see you next time Thank you all so much for watching and listening. This is Kerwin with Travel Talk with Kershu and Kerwin. Talk to you soon.